Today we are starting into our December series that I have entitled Announcements, Visits, and Showers. And as many of you know that have had a child, those are prerequisites just about for a baby to come, right? And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks is some announcements, visits, and showers. And today we're looking at these announcements that are given and we're going to be looking at the announcement given to Zacharias and the announcement given to Mary. And oh, a baby is so cherished and loved the moment of conception, right? Mothers and fathers are excited and overjoyed and although sometimes scared when coming to the reality when they're going to be parents. Many of you know the first time you found out, when, when you found out we're expecting a sense of awe and shock and fear kind of came over you, right? You know, oh my goodness, I've never done this before. I've never been a dad or a mom. And, and listen, you're always learning. So uh, if, if you're not there yet, if you are there, you know, you're learning on the fly. It's one of the biggest, th- one of the biggest responsibilities that you learn on the fly is how to be a mom and a dad. And it's a challenging thing. Uh, almost immediately upon the time of realization of conception, plans are being made. Some had been made for years for this new bundle of joy that will soon enter the world and their families. We all know how this goes down in our society today. Uh, there is the knowledge that comes to mom and then to dad. Then they talk and determine when to let the grandparents know, right? Well, then the question is, how will they let them know? How are they going to let their parents know that they're going to be grandparents. Will they surprise them with a gift? Will they give them? Uh, the, will they give the grandparents a pregnancy announcement coupon? I saw that online. Something as I was looking at. Maybe give a, a onesie as an announcement. Play charades as an announcement. These are some of the top uh, twenty ways. I didn't do twenty because I, I knew I wouldn't have much time this morning. But these are some of the top twenty ways of how to make that announcement. That your parents are going to be grandparents. Play charades as the announcement. Maybe play Scrabble and spell out pregnant as an announcement. I thought, that's pretty creative. I like that idea. Uh, Of course, uh, there's already a child. If there's a child in the home, they can wear a shirt reading big brother or big sister. Uh, Any way you announce it, joy is experienced and shared. And I've seen this. You've seen it uh, online. People do them in all different kind of ways of making their announcements known. And uh, today we're going to look at some baby announcements as we start our December series. There's the announcement to Zechariah that we're going to find in the first half of Luke chapter 1. And in the latter half of Luke chapter 1, we find the announcement to uh, Mary. And and the announcement to Zechariah and Elizabeth, we find them. They're old and barren, but righteous and a faithful couple. And God makes that announcement to the angel Gabriel, you're having a baby. And to them, it was shocking all. <laughs> what? Say that again. We're going we're to look at that in just a moment. Then there's a couple of, uh, there's an announcement made to a couple that's just betrothed or espoused to one another who had never tried for their first child. They weren't married or anything of that nature. But we're in the earliest months of courting, if you will, if you want to use language of today. Both couples had their struggles with these unforeseen announcements. But both couples also trusted the Lord And saw God gloriously watch over them. Today as we're looking at announcements. Some of you may have announcements. We've gotten announcements uh, at the house for uh, moms that are expecting. They're going to have baby showers. We've got a lot of wedding 
announcements. <laughs> We've got like three or four hanging on our refrigerator of previous students who are getting married and looking forward to getting to go and celebrate with some of those. Uh, but these are announcements that God has sent to uh, Zacharias and also to Mary. He sends a message also to Joseph. But I didn't think I'd have enough time to get to Joseph. So we're just going to cover Zacharias and Mary this morning. But those two announcements were made. So if you will, follow along in your copy of God's Word. Now, we find ourselves here, and I could read all of this, but it would take all day long. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Zechariah to begin with, and I'll get us down to verse 13. A little bit about who Zechariah is, okay? He is a priest in the line of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a daughter of Aaron. And we find this in verses 5 through 12. He and she both were righteous before God. That does not mean they were without sin. But they followed in the ways of Christ, so they were considered righteous. They both walked in the commandments and ordinances blamelessly. But they were without child and both well and advanced in their age. We find out he was faithful to his wife and his responsibilities. We find that out because they were uh, where they were supposed to be when his name was drawn to be the priest to go into the temple. And as we, if you, if some of you may be recollecting, this sounds familiar from last year. Well, it's because this is the story of Christmas. And you're going to hear it similarly done each year, but it's going to be slightly different. But we hear about him. He is faithful to his wife and his responsibilities. As is the custom of the priesthood, the lot fell upon him, and he got to go in and be before the Lord. God knew all this was happening. This was not a shock to God that this was going to fall to him. God had it all planned out. So he was faithful to his wife and his announcements um, and his responsibilities, excuse me. And when the first announcement from the angel of the Lord came, where was, where was Zacharias found? He was found serving and faithful. I want to tell you today, when the Lord gives us announcements... He needs, we need to find ourselves serving and being faithful. You're not going to hear many announcements from the Lord if you're just out there willy-nilly doing your own thing. He's not going to call on you to do great things for Him if you're doing great things for yourself alone. You need to be looking for the Lord, serving the Lord faithfully. He's well advanced in age. Well advanced in age. And they were without child. Elizabeth was barren. Which is a big deal. I mean, like a lot of the priests probably looked down on Zacharias because he had not had a child. God's not blessing you with a child? Oh, goodness. Only, if only they had the mind of God to know Zacharias is going to have some humdinger of a son. Right? You wouldn't be mocking him or counting him out or counting out Elizabeth if you just knew what God had in store for them later down the road. If you just knew what God had in store for them later down the road. The time of burning the incense was scheduled, was a scheduled time, and during such the women would wait and pray for the priest to return after he accomplished his responsibility. But Zacharias would not exit the way he entered into that temple. For you and I, when we enter the Lord's house, we should not exit the same way we enter. We should exit in exaltation and exhortation, glorifying Christ encouraged by the word of Christ, and compelled by the life of Christ. If you come in here with no expectation, 
you can leave with probably little change. But if you and I would come and bring our worship instead of expecting worship to be created in this space, you might leave in a more blessed, more willing way of being used by the glory of God, used for the glory of God. We can't let church attendance become the mundane or the routine. It's got to be something we're expecting, the glorious. We are here to meet with the risen Christ. Not with the sheetrock and the pews. We're here to meet with the risen Christ. We need to come in expecting. But I want to tell you that Zacharias, Zacharias, he was different though. Zacharias, I believe, did come in praying his regular prayers. We come into church often praying our regular prayers, don't we? We've got a prayer sheet each week. Some things are updated, some things are not. We're praying for them. Hopefully you're being faithful in that. But hopefully you're expecting to see God take names off of there, being healed by the glory of God, either for salvation or for their physical healing. Hopefully it's just not a sheet you look at on Wednesday and toss it to the wayside and all week long you don't think nothing else about them. Hopefully it's sat somewhere where you're thinking about it and praying for these individuals. Expecting God to heal them. To take them off the prayer sheet. The goal is not to make the prayer sheet longer and longer and longer. The goal is to see them come off the prayer sheet. When we go in, we've got to have an expectation. Zechariah was going about what was routine for priests with something completely unlike anything routine occurred. And when we come to worship or offer our sacrifice, but come without expectation, we are stricken with fear and question. But when we come with expectation, we are stricken with awe and praise. And that's where we need to be found, in awe and praise of a risen Christ who still comes to to dwell within us through the Holy Spirit. Too many of us, when given an announcement of God's goodness or that God's Holy Spirit is working, we are fearful because we weren't expecting something glorious. But as believers, we should always expect something glorious to happen when we are worshiping our glorious God. We should come in expecting something to happen. So that leads us up to this point, to verse 13. Look there in your copy of God's Word, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, there in verse 13. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him, capital H, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Oh, and here we go. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, 
and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service was completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people. Now, what, what is the first announcement that the angel gives to what is the first announcement that the angel gives to Zacharias? He says, don't be afraid. Listen, angels many a times are not as we perceive them today. They're not little cupids floating on a, on, a, on a cloud with a little bow and arrow shooting at you. Okay, that's not an angel. That's a terrible depiction of an angel. An angel is a fantastic, glorious creature that God has created. Powerful and mighty. And the scripture defines and, and describes them. Many of them have, they have six wings. Every time an angel is represented, the use of the first thing it said is, do not fear. Do not fear. They're not Roma Downey. That's not who it is. But he says, do not fear. Don't be afraid. He says, your prayers are heard. The angel does. Zacharias, listen, he had been praying for a, for a, for a child for a long time, he and Elizabeth both, and, and they had also been praying for their Messiah to come. Every priest that enters in there was like, Lord, please get us out of this mess. We're being ruled by people that don't understand your glory or, or who you are. Please bring the Messiah. Remember, 400 years had passed between the end of Malachi, and, and at this point in time, God had not spoken to man yet. In 400 years... And God sends the angel Gabriel with this great announcement to Zacharias and to Elizabeth. And he says, your wife is going to have a boy. Here's the first announcement of good news. Good news for Zacharias and Elizabeth. No more shame or reproach on them as a family. It's good news for the Jewish people. Hey, he's going to be a forerunner for him, capital H. And he's going to come in the power of Elijah. Good news for all people. Good news for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We hear that later on. We'll get to that later on. We'll get to that later on. But this is good news for everybody. And here's the catch, though. Here's the catch, Zacharias. You don't get to name him. You don't get the name. Everybody has that fun, right? You're coming up with names, people out flipping out their baby name book that's about this thick with every name in the, in the thing. You're like, man, where, you know, some folks are like, where do you come up with these names? You did not find that in the baby name book. But it, it, people are flipping through there, and, and God says, you know what? I'm not giving you an opportunity, Zacharias, to come up with some weird, wacky name. I'm going to name him John. And Zacharias is probably like, well, why not Malachi? Why not Habakkuk? You know, <laughs> he don't start spitting out names. God says his name's going to be John. You're going to call him John. And you and Elizabeth are going to be overjoyed, and so will many others. Send out this announcement. He says, the, the angel tells him, he's going to be great. 
in the sight of the Lord. That's, that's kind of important. Because people today want their child to be great in the sight of man. We should desire that our children be great in the sight of the Lord. There's a lot of, lot of us today, we're raising our children to be great in the sight of the world. Oh, we want them to be educated. Oh, we want them to do this and do that. We want them to be the greatest athlete there ever was. All right, let me tell you this. Does your child know Christ? It's, it's, it's awesome. A few weeks ago when our kids were up here and they were quoting the books of the Bible, they were quoting scripture on the screen. That's great in the sight of the Lord. That's what I want to see. When kids come out of New Prospect Baptist Church, students come out of New Prospect Baptist Church, they don't come out of here just not really gaining any knowledge. They need to know who Christ is. They need to know his word. They need to write it on their heart so they don't sin against him. That way they're great in the sight of the Lord. They already have value. God values everybody. If he didn't value everybody, it, we wouldn't have John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Christ's blood and atonement was enough for everybody. He loves everybody, but, but he wants to see people be great. And if you want to be great in the sight of the Lord, you live obediently to the Lord. You live obedient to the Lord. What are some of the stipulations for, for John the baptizer? This is He becomes known later as John the Baptist. Uh, because he's baptizing people out and about. And he's baptizing them uh, uh, unto repentance. He's baptizing them. And Jesus is going to later come and baptize them with uh, fire. And meaning with the Holy Spirit is what that symbolizes. But he's baptizing in water. And so he's, but he says this. He's, these are some of the stipulations. He will not drink wine or strong drink. No drinking at all. Why is that? Well, it's because it's a Nazarite vow. It's a Nazarite vow. Also, the Lord will call believers later on, as you read the New Testament, to be sober-minded. To be the clearest in decision-making and to not be discounted in our thoughts. Our minds need to be clear. You don't trust a whole lot of people that are in a drunken stupor, do you? You don't trust their words. You don't know. You don't know what to believe. God calls on us to be sober-minded. I believe you shouldn't drink alcohol at all. You may disagree with me. That's fine. You can be wrong. But I, I just feel like that we shouldn't be drinking alcohol at all. It should not be a part of the believer's life. You look at all the ways that alcohol has damaged people, damaged families. I just don't think it should be a part of the believer's life. Well, then you say, well, Paul told Timothy to drink a little bit of wine for his stomach issues. That is not what we've got today on the shelves at Walmart and everywhere else. It's not the same thing. We can talk about this at length another time. It's not the same thing. All right? So anyway, but he's supposed to take that Nazarite. He's given the Nazarite vow. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No need for any substitutes for fulfillment. That's another thing, too. If you just be filled with the Holy Spirit, you won't need any of that stuff. You don't need any other spirits. You just need the Holy Spirit. You can be drunk on Him. He will turn people back to the Lord. He will go before Him, capital H, a forerunner in the spirit and power of Elijah. And He is to do this to make people ready for the Lord who is to come. Man, this is going to be some profound guy right here. Awesome. John the Baptist. But listen. 
Zacharias thought he was too old to be used. How many of you have ever found reasons to think you are inadequate for something God has for you? You think about it, you can go back through the whole Old Testament. Um, there's, there's just illustration after illustration. I'm not good enough. I'm, I, I, I haven't done enough. I wasn't born of the right tribe. Gideon thought that. All these different folks. And God says, it's not about you. God says, it's about me. And if you'll just submit to me, you can be used to do anything. Anything. Gideon led an army of 300 men. And he was cowering and hiding before, Jesus, before God came unto him and told him what he was going to do. God said, I'm going to take 300 men and we're going to defeat them all. God can do those things. Don't doubt the Lord. Zacharias thought that he and Elizabeth couldn't complete the announcement that the angel had delivered. Zacharias thought that the physical, uh, that the physical limited the power of our supernatural God. Zacharias didn't take this thought captive and spoke out his doubting. And the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. You know, it's one thing to think something in your mind. It's another thing to let it flow out of your mouth. Now, who is it that gave this announcement? It was Gabriel. Gabriel gave this. He stands in the presence of God. Gabriel tells him, these are glad tidings. No reason to be doubting. Why are you questioning the Lord? Don't doubt the Lord. But, but Gabriel says, because you... Because you questioned, because you doubted, you're going to be muted until he is born. You're going to be muted. So what do we take from the announcement of Zacharias? We are to be prepared for anything with Christ. We are to be prepared for anything. You come in here, I don't know. The Lord may call some of you to preach, to go out and be a pastor somewhere after today's sermon. I don't know. He may, you may leave out of here and say, the Lord's calling me to be a Sunday school teacher. The Lord's calling me to be a missionary. The Lord's calling me to be a, be a better dad. The Lord's calling me to be a better mom. The Lord's calling me to be a better grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather. Be prepared for anything with the Lord. But don't be prepared for nothing. Because he's going to do something. God's always up to something. you got to be prepared. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you need to have an attic full of toys in case your kids have grandkids. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about be prepared. Some of y'all laugh because you know your parents are doing it. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to speak on my attic. Anyway, so um, you've you got to be prepared for what the Lord may do. You've got to be prepared. We must pray, understand that God answers on his time and not our time. Zechariah, the, the angel says, look, we've heard your prayers. We've heard your prayers. Really? Well, thank you for waiting until I'm in my 70s or 80s or 90s to give us a child. You know what I mean? You didn't hear that sarcasm come from him at all. <laughs> he does question, but no sarcasm. But, you know, he's just shocked. But you've got to be prepared. We must pray, understand that God answers on his time and not on ours. No one is too old to be a vessel used by God for his glory. Now, I know this is a pretty extreme version of being, <laughs> being a vessel used by God for his glory. But there may be something that God's using you for. God's waiting. There's something in this age of life, whether young or old. I don't want to say young yet because we're talking about that with Mary. But, it, but in that older age, there's something that God's got for you. You know, people say, why am I still here? 
You know, people ask that question. I don't understand why I'm still here. Talk to the Lord. I would love to give you insight. I'd love to tell you why you're still here. I know one thing is, is to make Christ known and to bring glory to his name. But specifically, you need to talk to the Lord and pray and ask him, why are you still here? He's got a reason for that. He's got a reason for that. And last thing in, in, in regard to what do we take from the announcement of Zechariah is we must obey or trust without questioning the word of God. This is the word of God. The problem is we don't read it enough to know. We don't read it enough to know to trust it. But as I said last week, we've got folks, if this was written by man for man, you, all the bad stuff about all these people that are in this Bible wouldn't have been put in here. All, only the good stuff. It's just, it would be like Instagram on paper, right? We don't want to be posting the good things. But this is not Instagram. This is the Word of God. So the good, bad, and the ugly of characters, individuals in this book are listed. So you may know we're imperfect, so were they. They were used, so can we. So can we. So we see this announcement that was given to Zacharias. Now we have an announcement to Mary. Look at verses 28 uh, through 33. But I'm going to start in 26 just to give you some context. I'll give you the setup, okay? Uh, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now I'm going to start in that other part in just a moment. So let me give you the setup. Here we have God had a plan. God had a plan. Look there, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by who? By God. God had a plan. God had a plan. God had a messenger. That messenger was Gabriel. For us, the messenger is the word of God. I'm a part of that because I'm proclaiming it to you. But this can be proclaimed to you day in, day, day, in, day out, morning or night or noon. It doesn't matter. It can be proclaimed to you. So there was, there was a messenger Gabriel, God, uh, uh, God had an announcement. There was uh, uh, the announcement given, and then God had a family for this announcement. God had a family. This family was to be of the house of David. This this earthly dad was to be Joseph. The earthly mother was to be a betrothed virgin, and her name was Mary. And this angel, this messenger, was sent to Nazareth of Galilee. There was a plan. God knew all this. Why is that? Because all through the Old Testament, God was keeping the line of David alive because the, the, the Messiah was to come through the lineage of David. Because the, 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 there's going to be one to sit on the throne of David for all of eternity. That was said in the Old Testament. So God kept the line alive. And he had them chosen. He had them picked out. For this particular moment in time, just as Esther, they were used for this moment in time. This announcement was that they were going to have a baby. They were going to have a baby. Exciting news, unless you're not married <laughs> in a society where they'll kill the, the young lady for being pregnant outside of marriage. That's not good news. 
We sing these songs, good news, great joy. I think that's a Gaither homecoming song. But, but we sing these songs like that. Mary was like, oh, no. This is scary stuff. We look at it today and we're like, rejoice, Mary's pregnant. And Mary's like, oh, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel, <laughs> you know, she was kind of hesitant, I would imagine. There's an announcement, there's a baby. The announcement began with a commendation to her given by God. Look at what Gabriel says to her there in verse 28. It says, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, she is highly favored. Why, why is Mary highly favored? Because God favored her, and God was to be with her, not anything she had yet done. God's love for you is not based upon what you can or have or have not done. God's love for you is because God's got a love for you. God's got a love for you. She was favored. Mary hadn't done anything yet. She hadn't conceived. She hasn't carried Jesus. She's just a young lady living in her Jewish community. And she was uh, doing all the things she was supposed to do. But yet, the Lord chose her. She is blessed. Why? Because of God's choosing of her to be the wonderful vessel for God's glory to be made manifest. She's blessed because of that. You know, we're blessed because we carry the glory of God with us through the Holy Spirit. We are blessed people. Not everybody calls on Christ as Lord. Those of us who have, we are blessed. And we should let people know that. But many a times we're like clams. And we, we close up the great pearl that's inside of us that should be displayed for all to see. And that's Christ. We've got to open up and let people know this is the reason we're blessed. This is the reason why I favor. Not because of me, but because of he who resides within me. That's the reason why I favor. That's why I'm blessed. Every person has value, but favor and blessing comes through the grace of God, through the through the imparting of the Holy Spirit upon the time of your confession of Christ as Lord. That's where favor and blessing comes in. It's not because you've done something or haven't done something. It's because Christ did something. And you said, He did do that. And He did that for me. And I call upon Him to be Lord of my life. She was blessed. She was highly favored. But she says, she's troubled. Verse 29, she was troubled at this saying. And consider what kind of greeting is this. This angel has, has just walked up in her house. She didn't open the door. He's just like, I'll just let myself in. And I'm going to tell you something. Any of y'all like unexpected guests? Not too many people like that, do they? And then to have an unexpected guest say, hey, you fixing to have a baby. I am. I, I am. And so the angel says to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the Son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 
See what I was talking about earlier? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? That doesn't mean like, I've never met Jim over there. This is talking about she's never had a physical relationship with a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Who called her barren? All the people around her. God didn't say she was barren. God said, wait. God said it's not time yet. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the thrust of the announcement. The angel says, Do not be afraid because God's favor is upon you. You're going to have a baby conceived in your womb. See, God knows that at conception there is a baby. There's no confusion in God's mind. At conception, there is a baby. And at that conception, God already had a name for that baby, and that name was going to be called Jesus. Again, Mary, you have no choice in the name. Zechariah, you have no choice in the name. His name's going to be Jesus. And his name is already determined as Jesus. Who is Jesus going to be? He's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of David. This is a revelation that this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Could you imagine Mary hearing this? Okay, dude stepped through her house. No door has opened. He said, highly favored one. You're chosen. You're blessed. Because you're going to carry the Son of God. And he's going to reign forever. Forever? What? Wow. What? How, how is that going to happen? You know? How is that going to happen? We'll see. We'll see. We've got a couple more sermons to go before we get to Christmas. <laughs> it says his kingdom will have no end. Could you imagine the thought going through Mary's mind? Who is this I'm going to carry in my womb and raise? Who is this? You know, you think about the song, Mary, did you know? Did, did you really comprehend this? Well, obviously she did because Gabriel told her. But comprehending it. She did know, but comprehending and knowing are two different things. Did you really comprehend what all was going to take place with, Mary, with, with baby Jesus as he grew into a man? Gabriel, uh, you know, Mary has all these questions. He, I've not known a man. I've not known a man. Well, listen, this, this, is, this is the thing about God. God has created the earth and all that is in it. Even in the Old Testament, at Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's no questioning the power of God. God has created the earth and all that is in it. God holds it all together. Now, I know Colossians has not been written at this time, but we know in Colossians chapter 1 that God holds it all together. It was created by him, through him, for him. And for his glory, there in Colossians 1, we find out. 
God kept the line alive throughout the entire Old Testament for this to come about. God kept the line alive, although Satan used every weapon to thwart God's plan. Mary just had to believe. Mary just had to believe. Gabriel, in the latter part here, in verses 35 on, he reiterates the announcement to Mary, explaining how the Holy Spirit will work to bring about the birth of the Messiah. And as a confirmation of the ability of God's power, Gabriel tells Mary of Elizabeth's pregnancy. You think this is impossible? Everybody thought it was impossible for Elizabeth. She's in her sixth month. How about them apples? You know? How about that? So she's like, hmm. She's thinking about this. Then tells her what we all should know by now and hold to. For with God, nothing is impossible. We like to limit God. God, I can't do that. God, I can't say that. God, I can't go there. God, I can't do this. God, I don't have help. Quit giving excuses and say, God, I submit to you. Just as Mary says there in that next part, Mary submitted to the will of the Lord just as Zacharias did and gave a beautiful statement of humility and submission when she said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So what do we take from this announcement to Mary? What do we take from this? We are again to be prepared for anything with Christ. We are to be prepared for anything. We prepare ourselves by being in the word of God, finding ourselves righteous before him. That's, that's how we prepare ourselves. We need to understand that our favor and blessing is based on God's choosing to favor us or bless us, not on what we do or do not do. No one is too young to be a vessel to be used for God's glory. We see these children coming up this aisle and putting ornaments on the Christmas tree, gifts underneath the tree hanging wreaths and setting poinsettias, quoting scripture a couple of weeks ago in their Bible verses, there's no age too young that God can't use. I mean, we've got a young person, Lily's up here each week, helping leading us in worship. There, there's, if, if we'll just uh, let God use people and quit saying, I don't, th I don't think God can do that. What do you mean you can't? You need to quit thinking. You start believing. That's the problem with us. We think all kinds of things. But we got to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. We've got to trust and obey. And we must humbly submit to the Lord's will. We've got to humbly submit to the Lord's will. What is God's will for you today? Well, here's the announcement that I'd like to give you today. The announcement is this. We all are sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. There's the announcement. But in that announcement, there's always something else. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's an announcement I like to hear. I like to hear that the Lord has something good for us in the midst of our sinfulness. He has salvation for us. No greater gift that's ever been given than the gift of God. Just as Braylon laid this down here today, the announcement comes. And it says, to the world from God. 
That's his son. That's his son, Jesus Christ. He is the gift. 